0: the boards in front of the 200 dr Grayson and Sudestan are challenging and better loosen up on the extreme outside sedestine and better come away they're fighting it out better loosen up on the extreme outside is roaring clear and better loosen up wins the sedge and second this is podcast third, is brought fourth, to you Grace, by racing new Paulist. south wales sky racing and pride's easy feed Many Australian trainers have tried their horses on Pride's Racing Cube and have given the product a tick of approval. These small but powerful extruded cubes provide the ultimate muscle fuel to help horses finish their races off while promoting gut health. Racing Cube set recipe formulation means the same premium quality proteins and essential amino acids are used in every batch produced. Racing Cube's profile and digestibility allows you to feed approximately two to three kilos less per day than similar raw-grain rations. It's salt-free to help reduce irritation if you've got a horse prone to stomach ulcers. Pride's Racing Cube is available in the popular 25 kilo bag, in bulk bags or straight into the silo if you prefer, giving you quality equine nutrition at an economical price. Talk to your local rep about Racing Cube, another winner from the Pride's Easy Feed stable. Trainers of thoroughbreds, standardbreds, and performance horses are giving it the thumbs up all around the nation. Todd Howlett is a classic example of a trainer who places his horses judiciously at country meetings and he knows when he's got the right one to bring to town. He's currently training a team of 40 on a well-appointed property at Lower Belford between Brankston and Singleton. In the not too distant future, he'll be taking on the role of head trainer for his cousin, Sean Dyson, who's developing a state-of-the-art training operation closer to Singleton. Todd's been around horses of some description for most of his life. You'll be surprised to learn he gained much of his early experience on the New South Wales Rodeo circuit, but he always had a special liking for the thoroughbred. When he first started to dabble with the gallopers, he was working as a Parks and Gardens foreman for the Singleton Council. His very first runner was a winner at Hugh Jodge at Musselbrook on the horse's birthday, August the 1st, 2000. Another 450 wins have followed, including a good number on city tracks. In 2021, Todd was lucky to escape with his life in a freakish accident on his way to the Musselbrook racecourse with five horses on board. He's the first to admit that close call has changed his outlook on most things in life. He's been on the crest of a wave lately on the country circuit and he got a big thrill to win the recent Coonabarabran Gull Cup with Scorched Land. There's plenty to talk about with a 53-year-old father of two who rates very highly among New South Wales country horse trainers. Todd Hallett, thanks for joining us on the podcast.
1: Uh, Thanks for having me, John. It's a pleasure.
0: Well, a cup's a cup wherever it might be. And you got a big buzz out of winning the seventy-five thousand dollar Gold Cup at Coonabarabran. Unfortunately, it wasn't a big dance qualifier.
1: No, that's right, John. It was a yeah, it was a great day out there and a good win. Um, yeah, I really enjoy going to the, the country cups. Um, they have had a good crowd that day, and um, yeah, it was a really great day.
0: The brilliant apprentice Anna Roper. Road scorch Land and that was one of three wins she had on the day. Very gifted, isn't she? Uh, very pleasant, sweet girl, and she's not long back from a very serious injury, Todd, but she's already in the top ten on the New South Wales Premiership.
1: No, she's a very nice girl and, and got the right attitude too, but I can see her going, making a big, big future for herself um, as a jockey.
0: Yeah. Scorchland is a well-named son of sizzling and by gee, you'd like a barn full like him. Eight wins, nine placings and almost a quarter of a million in prize money.
1: Yes, no, he's a, he's a lovely horse and um, yeah, like you say, it'd be nice to have a stable full of them. And, yeah, his owner, Peter Crookshanks, um, yeah, he's been a great owner, great support for me for a long time.
0: You'd been having a great run leading up to Coonabarabran. You won three races at Gunnedah one day. You brought Miss Kojiki to Canterbury to win with Madeline Owen on board. You've got to enjoy those good runs while you can.
1: You sure do, John, because sometimes it can get pretty tough being a trainer when things aren't going right. It's, um, yeah, sometimes it, it, it's pretty hard on you.
0: You're based at Lower Belford, as I mentioned, and that gives you easy access to any number of tracks. What have you got on the place there, Todd, in the way of facilities?
1: I've got a like a thousand metre sand track um, that we can do most slow work and good. It's good, actually, really good work because it's quite heavy sand. We've got a dam that we swim in, and I've um, got a treadmill as well and eight horse walker. Mm-hmm. There's forty boxes. Yeah, and there's. 15 day yards so you know horses really enjoy being here they they like to get out in them yards and i think they're very good for them
0: you want for nothing
1: no that's right yeah yeah no it's uh yeah it's, it's worked out well for us
0: now let's look at this new role you'll be undertaking in the immediate future your cousin sean dyson is planning a much bigger involvement in racing and he's setting up a lovely 500 acre property as a spelling and pre-training base, what are the features of the new place?
1: So it's at, currently the spelling st- uh, yards have all been set up, and it's um, they haven't missed anything. If the fences are very safe, good fences. Um, there's going to be a water walker. Mm. There'll be a, a grass training track, which will have a fourteen hundred metre straight off it, and a. Yeah, everything I could ever want for will be there and it mm. would never dream we'd be going somewhere like that.
0: 1,400 metre. Now, will that be undulating, Todd? Will it be uphill and down Dale?
1: No, it's very flat. We will try and, when they do do it, we will try and get a little in, incline on it, but um, it is very flat. It's on, on the river flat, so mm. um, we won't be able to get – it'd be lovely to get a nice big hill in it, but we won't be able to get that.
0: yeah. yeah. Well, it looks like you'll be living on your own property at Lower Belford and commuting to Sean's farm, but it's not very far, is it?
1: No, it's sort of only 10 minutes down the road. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a bit different, not walking up to the stables of a morning, but,
0: mm. yeah. Oh, you'll get used to it.
1: No, that's right, for sure,
0: yeah. Now, Todd, what'll be the situation with existing clients? Will you still have a few horses uh, away from the Dyson property?
1: yeah definitely i will take all my existing clients with me so i will just move my training center to on the property so as far as that is nothing will change Mm. yeah so sean will have a few of his own but um yeah we'll we'll be taking most most of ours with him or whoever's happy to come and i'm sure when they see it they'll be more than happy to to be there
0: you're a true blue Shingletonian, if ever there was one you were born there 53 years ago. Your dad, Gary, was a miner. Your mum, Geraldine, was from a family which had a connection with picnic racing. Your brother, Scott, had a little bit to do with stock horses, you tell me, but your sisters, Jodie and Kylie, have had no equine involvement.
1: Yeah, that's true, true John. Um, yeah, mum and dad, mum. Dad worked in the coal mines and mum... Looked looked after us kids.
0: Yeah, mm. job in itself.
1: Yeah, that's right. Four of them, and we were, were all pretty close together. Right? Yeah. So she had a big job.
0: Yeah. Well, you were riding ponies early on, and by the time the teen years rolled around, you were getting very keen on the rodeo. Now, bronc riding was your preferred pursuit. How did Mum and Dad feel about that when you made the big announcement?
1: Yeah, well, you probably don't realise how hard it would have been on them because I I was away most weekends and you know I've got kids of my own. You know how hard that is. And being at a rodeo, I I do I did break my leg in Dubbo one day and um they had to come out and rescue me. So that, it would have been pretty hard on them. Yeah.
0: Did you get around the state chasing the prize money on the rodeo circuit?
1: I did. I went all over the state and it was good there was probably not a lot of money to be made in it but it was a, it was a good time to to spend with friends and i've still got a lot of great mates now still from them days
0: mm. and how long did you participate in the rodeo
1: Well, oh, was probably, probably 15 years goodness me yeah
0: yeah you gave camp drafting a pretty serious shot too didn't you Which which was a bit safer than bronc riding
1: yeah, it definitely was in all them days and I yeah, I really enjoy those sports so it's, um, and it's probably not too different to the race and getting to them country towns and that sort of thing, like, mm. something I really enjoyed and well, you never know, I might even do it again one day, just have a have a run in a camp draft here and there.
0: Yeah, well, no no bronc riding though?
1: No? <laughs> no, no, no bronc riding.
0: No, you've passed the point of no return in the That's bronc right. riding department.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah well when you
0: finally got all of that out of your system you headed back to singleton to find a real job now did you go straight to the singleton council at that stage
1: i did i, I actually i worked at the actually kirkwood's produce or when i'd left school and i'd still go away every weekend from then and went from there i went to the well, i actually did a little stint in the in the coal mines when EI hit in the racing and <sighs> um it probably wasn't for me the mining i I realized that i i probably didn't really want to do that so we went Mm -hmm. to the council and then yeah i was on the parks and gardens for probably eight years i had a really good job but the horses were slowly taking over and i took six months long service leave and never went back
0: Mm. well you started dabbling with a horse or two during your time at the council and one of those was a horse called the Moonster, a gelding by Vane Carrioy. Now, not only was he your first runner, but he was also a first starter himself when he lined up in a Musselbrook Maiden on August the 1st, 2000. He was any old price, but deep down you thought he could win, and you went to great lengths to rustle up a bit of punting money. What did you do?
1: Yeah, that's right. We actually, we took a packed lunch to the races with us that day, uh, and myself, because we were only just starting off then and and things weren't that easy. Um, Yeah, but he he was the start of my, my career as a trainer for sure.
0: Yeah. Now, tell me about the pack lunch. This was so you wouldn't have to spend money on lunch at the race course.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. We didn't have a lot of money those days, so we, we had to, yeah, so we should have a bet. We, uh, we took our own lunch. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: Terry Jones was the Moonsters jockey that day, and Terry was just as worried as you were when the horse got a fair way back in the run. It was only a 1,000-metre dash.
1: Yeah, that's correct, John. I'll never forget it. And, um, yeah, he he uh, did a good job. Ter- Terry actually wasn't supposed to ride him. David Hannon was riding track work for me back then, and he was supposed to be the rider, but he's, he always had a problem with his weight and couldn't make the weight that day.
0: The Moons to put you on the map, really, because he finished up winning nine races in all, including <laughs> one at Canterbury, I notice, with Hugh Bowman on board.
1: That's correct, yep, yeah, Huey, Huey won on for him. And it was a very night meeting mm. when when Huey rode him. And I don't know that Huey might have been still an apprentice then, maybe, mm. or j- just come out of his time. I'd
0: yeah. say so. He'd, he'd be on the cusp at that stage.
1: That's right, yeah. Hasn't he become a very, very good jockey?
0: He's an international celebrity.
1: Oh, no, he sure is, and a, and a very nice person.
0: Never changed, has he?
1: No, not at all.
0: Now, Todd, how long after the Moonster was it before you turned to full-time training?
1: Uh, it, it was probably a good six or seven years, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, where we just had a few horses and... You know, I'd go to work at the council, do the horses before I went. We'd start at 6.30, so it was, yeah, it kept us pretty busy. And Annika, and my wife, she'd do a lot too, so
0: mm.
1: yeah, it kept us pretty busy those days.
0: Yeah. Our Liam was another nice horse for the stable early days. He won nine, including two at Canterbury and one at Rose Hill. Now, at that stage of your career, Todd, a city win must have been a tremendous morale boost
1: Sure was. Yeah, I'll I'll never forget our Liam. He um and I think every time he started in Sydney his price got got bigger and bigger and actually Bruce, an uncle of mine, Howlett, he helped me a lot for a lot of time when I was working. And he actually bought a new car out of he just kept backing up on our Liam at that time and he, he bought yeah. a, a new car from that. Yeah. Good heavens.
0: Yeah. So the horse was a meal ticket.
1: He sure was, yeah.
0: You've always said Star of Octagonal is the best horse you've trained to date. He won five, eight hundred and forty thousand tot. His best win was the Group Three South Pacific Classic at Randwick, two thousand and ten. And who was on board? The inimitable Bossy.
1: That's right. I'll never forget that day either. Yeah, Glen, Glen Um and then Glenn went on and won the Scone Guineas with him as well.
0: Mm-hmm. He won another great old race, the Rowley Mile at Hawkesbury. And Robert Thompson rode him that day. And if memory serves me rightly, he won by a big space. I
1: think he won it by a big space, at the Guineas. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how far he won the Rowley Mile. I didn't think it was as big as the Guineas. He, he mm-hmm. When Glenn rode him, he, he really romped it in the Guineas, yeah then Robert. Yeah, Robert was a great help to me when I started out. He rode a lot of work. He was riding Star of Octagonal for me, track work at Cessnock, and mm. uh, he was he was a big help.
0: He also won an open race at Rose Hill on Star of Octagonal, Robert Thompson.
1: Yes, he did. Yep. Yep.
0: Um. He was a go-to jockey, Todd, wasn't he, for, for many, many country trainers uh, in that region, His opinion was keenly sought.
1: It definitely was. He was a a great horseman as well as a jockey, Robert. He he had a great career, didn't he?
0: Mm, I wonder if you ever heard him use this expression. I'm told by other trainers that if he happened to ride an ordinary one for you for a particular stable... Yep. He'd come back. He'd dismount. He'd look around. He'd make sure the owner was out of earshot,
1: <laughs>
0: and he'd say to the trainer, "I think this horse needs a change of address." Did you yes. ever hear that one?
1: I've had yes, more than once. I heard that <laughs> that for sure. Yeah, uh, that's a classic line. Yeah, it was. Yeah.
0: Well, last season, Todd, you contributed significantly. To Aaron Bullock's amazing 207.5 winch, which gave him the New South Wales and the Australian premierships. Now we tend to forget. Aaron Bullock spent his entire apprenticeship with you. How did you find him? He came from Tumut originally.
1: Yeah, he did. He uh, he actually grew up across. So I was based in Singleton when I worked at the council and. Across there was a, a sort of an estate, homing estate, and he grew up over there with his family and he used to walk across to work in the morning. I, I think he was friends with a cousin of mine at school when we got introduced through there and, and he'd come over and do a bit before school and after school and then we got a pony and, and mm. helped him get going and uh, he's had a great career, Aaron, and still got plenty left in him, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Was he a natural toddler or did he have to work at it?
1: Well, he had to work at it a little bit but he was a pretty pretty natural competitive kid um yeah when, you know i had i got him a pony and he ride it all over the place yeah
0: he had some weight problems didn't he at one stage and i think he lost focus because he actually left racing for a while
1: yeah you know he did and i i don't know that people realize how hard it is for them heavy jockeys to be able to and especially when they're young, to be able to diet and keep focused on what they're doing, and all their mates are out at the parties and things like that, I think it's pretty tough for a kid. And Aaron, he's definitely found the right way. Now he's going, going great.
0: To do what he did last season took amazing focus. It was an extraordinary performance to stay so focused for so long right through the season.
1: Yeah, that's right. There was a lot of, definitely a lot of work went into that. Um, and not for a light jockey, like he's only getting the heavy rides too, you know, so mm-hmm. it's not, not that easy.
0: He reeled off five winners at a scone meeting not long ago, no trouble at all.
1: Yeah, nah, yeah that's right. He, uh, he's very competitive um, and, and always as a kid he was competitive, whatever he was doing. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Does he still consult with you from time to time?
1: Yeah, we, we talk a lot. He's actually getting married next Thursday and I'll be going to his wedding. Yeah.
0: Good. That'll be a lovely day for him. And as you say, the golden days lay ahead for Aaron so, Bullock.
1: Yeah, that's sure too. And, you know, he's done, it was great to be a part of, of him sort of starting off with me too.
0: Part of the ride, as they say.
1: Yeah, that's right. We... I've, I've been in more stewards' <laughs> stewards' rooms with him than anyone. Yeah, <laughs> early days. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Hey, Todd, I'll get you to stand by for a moment. We're going to clear a commitment on the podcast, and when we come back, we'll talk about another one of your former apprentices who has gone on to a most distinguished career. Back with Todd Howlett after this. The Hunter was a big hit from the inaugural running in two thousand and nineteen. The winner was the talented Mayor Savatiano in the Godolphin Blue, written by James McDonald. Savatiano won 12 all up, including several at group level, but this was her biggest prize money achievement. The Mayors struck again the following year when the John Thompson train sweet deal scored a gutsy win for Nashra Willow. The Casino Prince Mayor has four group threes on her CV but is best remembered for her win in the Hunter. In 2021, it was the recently retired Lost and Running for John O'Shea and Hugh Bowman. Coming off a fourth in the Everest and a second in the Classic Legend, Lost and Running travelled wide all the way but was far too good for Wonderbar and top ranked. And last year, Godolphin struck again with Valana. Coincidentally, a half-brother to the first Hunter winner, Sabatiano. A son of a hallowed crown, Valana won a couple of Group 3s, but this was his biggest payday and made it two Hunters for Nash The fifth edition will be supported by the Beaufort, for Max Lees two-year-old classic and the Group 3 Spring Stakes. It's the Newcastle Jockey Club's Day of Days, Saturday, November the 18th. My special guest is Todd Howlett. The talented Michaela Weir is another successful jockey from your stable, a hard working young lady who's now one of the most in demand jockeys in northern New South Wales.
1: Yeah, no, she is Michaela. Yeah, she done her time came here with us and um, she's a great kid and, and a hard worker, and I think John. It was a first day, something I'll never forget about. Michaela, just mm-hmm. down the road, there's a little little creek crossing. Michaela was coming to work the first day, and there was a lot of it was a flood. Well, she drove it. It was a full drive into the into the water and got got stuck in there. But instead of ringing us, she rang the police to get her out. Anyway, we it's had to get her out with a tractor. It was a yeah, that was the very first day that she, she started with us. Yeah, but she's been she's had a great career and still going strong as well.
0: Yeah, that kind of persistence has never wavered, has it?
1: No, it definitely hasn't. She's um she's she's and she came from a rodeo ground background as well. Like mm. I think she won Australian titles, barrel racing and things like that. But yeah. I think she's in Maury today, and it wouldn't matter if it was Grafton tomorrow. She'd be she'd be back home and up up to Grafton. She she does plenty of miles.
0: One of Michaela's favourites is Too Big Furry. He's an all-time favourite of yours too. He won seven. He ran ten placings. He won about four hundred and ten thousand. And Michaela was telling me at her very first ride on Too Big Furry. She got him home in a benchmark race at Rose Hill. She still talks about it.
1: Yeah, that, that, was, a, that was another great day. And it's really great having an apprentice on to winning town, you know. Um, it's one of my apprentices. I, I thought that was great. Yeah, um, He was a – yeah, he's a really – and he's still going. We've got him out at the moment. And I'll give him one, one last try. But I've, he's been a great horse.
0: Hasn't he done a job? 410000 and he might bank a little bit more yet before he's finished.
1: Let's hope so. He actually, his owner bought him because he was born on his birthday, mm-hmm. and he came from Dubbo Sales. So you never know where they're going to turn up from, do you?
0: What did he pay for him?
1: I think he paid 7000 for him. Oh, dear me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're the stories that keep people sane, you realise, Todd.
1: Well, they are. Well, it gives you a bit of hope, doesn't it? You just never know where they're going to turn up from.
0: I was watching a horse on Sky Racing the other day in Melbourne, struggling at the rear of the field, who cost $3 as a yearling.
1: Yeah. (laughs) What's it all about? Wouldn't wouldn't that make you sick? (laughs) Oh,
0: dearie me. And it'll keep happening.
1: Oh, it sure will. Yeah.
0: Another of Michaela's favourites from your stable was Nick's Vendetta, and you and Michaela combined for two Tab Highway wins with Nick's Vendetta. I think one was at the farm and one was at Randwick.
1: Yeah, that's right. He was a, he was a nice, honest horse like, and, you know, we really competitive in highways. Um, they're, they're great races for country trainers, the highways. It's really been a good incentive from racing New South Wales.
0: Well, he's been an owner's dream, hasn't he? He's run second... 10 times
1: That's right Yeah Yeah Yep yeah.
0: Michaela yes. still rides work for you When required
1: She does She's a great girl Michaela She's um, Yeah she's Most times I go to the track She's there To ride work for us Yeah she's um, Yeah like I said She, she works hard Puts in she does, and she's got she's rewarded for it. she's got a nice property out at Long Point, not far from singleton, um, mm. hundred acres on the river, so yeah it's great to see
0: and I think she's slowly developing it for her life after racing she's putting in yards and boxes, and goodness knows what else.
1: yeah, definitely is there's not much she she hasn't got out there. she's got treadmills and stables and yeah yards, everything's there.
0: she'd make a trainer.
1: She sure would, because she's a she's a very good horsewoman.
0: Yeah. Todd, it was early March, 2021, when you were involved in a bizarre accident while transporting five horses to the Musselbrook Track. It was pre-dawn. You'd just turned onto the New England Highway when your truck was suddenly sent out of control, and you, for the life of you, couldn't work out why.
1: What happened? Yeah, that's, that's right, John. Um, a, a paper truck hit me from behind that I later worked out what had happened after I'd been flipped over. And Yeah, yeah it was one of the, the worst days I'd want to put in with, you know, it scared me as well as the horses and, um, yeah, it was awful.
0: Yeah. Now, your Isuzu truck finished up on its roof. On most occasions, you would have had a helper on board. This time, you were alone.
1: Yeah, I, and I don't know why that happened that day, but it, it turned out good that I was on my own. Um, I usually would have people in with me but and probably more likely my daughter. Mm. Um, and for that, that day I was meeting actually Michaela at the track and another strapper was meeting me at the track as well.
0: Mm. How um, did you get out, Todd?
1: Well, I couldn't, I couldn't open the door and I was a bit of a panic because I thought the truck was on fire. I had to get out the passenger side door. Um, and that, yeah, the the noise of the horses was just horrific, like, you know, you imagine there's five horses stuck upside down in a truck, and it was, yeah, it was terrible.
0: Amazingly, you escaped unhurt, although it didn't take long for the soreness to set in, did it?
1: No, that's right. No, I actually had a sore back a fair bit after that, but, um, yeah, the adrenaline, when that happened, like, I just, um. you know, I was able to ring and ring everybody, ring ambulances or well, not ambulances, but the vet was first who I wanted to get onto and yeah, we had the yeah, the highway was blocked. It was a yeah, it was yeah, something I'd never want every anybody else to have to go through and I hope never have to see anything like that again. Yeah.
0: Tragically, you lost one of the five horses, a Londro cult, and you liked him too.
1: Yeah, and actually he was one of the first horses that Sean had bought, um, and yeah, he was shaping up really nice, and yeah, things, we didn't get to see, see how good he was.
0: Mm. What were the others, Todd? Toto was one. He was due to run in a country championship qualifier the following Sunday.
1: Yeah, that's that's right. He was, actually Toto was, he was a really nice horse and, and showing plenty of potential, and I, like, he won a race after that, but I'm sure the accident was sort of, well, he didn't go on to be what we thought he was. And actually he's just actually in Townsville now and he won a race two weeks ago, which was, i really thrilled to see that because mm. there was a lot of rehab with those horses looking after him and, um, yeah, so we, just, we spent a lot of time with them. Yeah.
0: Another one of the five horses was undemocratic. A son of the Melbourne Cup winner, America I don't think we've seen him, have we?
1: No, he never raced again. Um, but the Equimillions have just been on and he actually competed there with Ollie Barrett for us. Ollie works for me and we planned to get him ready for the Equimillions and yeah, it was it was actually a great day that Equimillions. I don't know if you're familiar with that, John, with the retired racehorses.
0: Well it's funded by Racing New South Wales and it's it's proving very popular.
1: Yeah, no, it sure is, and uh, yeah, it was good, you know, like, he's awesome, we keep him here, and he'll keep doing them sort of things now, <sighs> uh, undemocratic, yeah.
0: So you went to watch him at Equamillions.
1: Yeah, no, I did, I did, and I actually enjoyed it. There was, a, You'd be surprised the trainers that were there looking at their horses, and yeah, you know, I think people think that we don't look after our horses, but mm. they want to get down around there and see the trainers that were there to see the, the horses that had him work, and yeah. uh, it was a, it's a great thing.
0: No, it's a wonderful thing, mate, and the more we can talk about it, the better. Your Ralla boy was another one, Todd. He, he'd been a good horse. He'd won eight in total before the accident, and he actually raced again, but he was never quite the same.
1: No, he did race again, but... Um, yeah, he he's, wasn't the same after the accident. Um, yeah, he he was a, like he needed a bit of care after afterwards too. Like him, yeah, it was horrific to the cuts and things on those horses.
0: And there was an unnamed wangina cult. Did he get back into work?
1: No, he never came back into work. He he ended up a wobbler from the accident. Um, and he, he was at the race in New South Wales at one of their farms now, and so he got retired into that scheme. Yeah.
0: And what of the truck? Was it a write-off?
1: Yeah, no, it was a write-off. Yeah, yeah. It was it was completely written off. Yeah, it's... You know, it was bad, but it, it could have been a lot worse. It definitely could mm-hmm. have. Yeah.
0: And the other yeah. truck driver?
1: Yeah, well, he... He actually couldn't. I didn't know that a truck had hit me until one of the there was a fella that come along after the accident and sort of was helping me, and I couldn't work out what had happened. And he said there's a truck, and it was a, probably a kilometre up the road. And the driver, he was very upset that he'd caused that, and he was later charged uh, with neg driving and things like that. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, an awful day.
0: Mm, I'll say. I shouldn't have brought it up, Todd, but it's part of the story and it's been a major part of your life. Is your outlook on things a little different these days?
1: Yeah, it definitely changed the, the way I think. Yeah, you can't take life for granted, that's for sure.
0: Mm. Well, it only did you one favour and it happened in this way. After the accident, you started taking your horses to Newcastle for track work rather than Musselbrook. And that made you, briefly, a provincial trainer. And it also enabled you to get Scorch land into a midway at Randwick, which wouldn't have happened had you still been going to Musselbrook. Lo and behold, he wins the midway.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did. It was, you know, I would turn left and go to Newcastle or right to Musselbrook. And the mine traffic was terrible, and still is. Um, so we decided to go to Newcastle. That was a, a good time. Like you said, we won a midway with Scorchland. He, he has been a good horse for a Scorchland. Mm.
0: And what of Annika, the wonderful wife, who prepared the lunch that you took to Musselbrook that day so you could get a bigger punting bank?
1: Yeah, Annika's... Oh, look, I, I can remember Annika when we first started driving a tractor, pulling a horse float, and I'd ride one and lead one from our other property up to a dam. We'd swim them and she'd come back. I remember her sitting in a tractor pregnant and doing those sort of things. So. Yeah. Yeah, she's, uh, she's she's great.
0: Well, you and Annika are the proud parents of Aidan, who's 21, and Macy, your daughter, who's 20. 21 and 20. Annika didn't get much of a rest.
1: No, she didn't, but she kept working while she was having the kids. Yeah, she's a, she's a worker, yeah.
0: Well you'd hardly call Aiden a horse fanatic but Macy you tell me has inherited the genes she's a valued track work rider and plays a key role in the running of the stable
1: No she does um, yeah Macy's yeah she's a she's a big part of what we do and yeah she she loves it and loves the horses she's pony clubbed all of her life and um, yeah she's yeah really enjoys it
0: one final question, Todd, and this is a question you must have answered a million times. Are you related to the former jockey, trainer and breeder, Bernie Howlett, who's now in retirement?
1: You're right, John. I've been asked it many times, but no, not not related at all and actually have never met him. So, Goodness yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. They tell me he was a great, great horseman and, and great rider, yeah.
0: Well, you may or may not be aware that Bernie Howlett has been the subject of a popular racing trivia question for many years. He may be the only Australian racing personality to ride, train and breed a Group 1 winner. He won two Sydney Cups on Sharply and online. He beat Tullock in the second one. He trained a horse called Suntane to win the 1996 Doomben 10,000, and he bred and sold Brazen Bow, who won two Group 1 races and is now a hot sire. So there's one for the trivia buffs, your namesake.
1: Yeah, that is. I, I did know he bred Brazen Bow, but I didn't know all the other, other stuff about him. Oh, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a big feat, isn't it?
0: Amazing. You've achieved a great deal in 23 years of professional horse training and I know you're not finished yet. Good luck, Todd, in your upcoming role as trainer for the burgeoning Sean Dyson operation at Singleton. I hope the winners keep rolling, mate, and it's been a delight to have you on a podcast produced by Supernova Sound.
1: Thanks very much, Sean. It was it was great to, to uh, talk to you. I've, I've Watch all my life with uh, all your, everything you've done when you used to be on Sky with interviewing trainers and that. That was great.
0: Time for me to bail out. You're making me feel old.
1: <laughs> Thanks a lot, John.
0: Many Australian trainers have tried their horses on Pride's Racing Cube and have given the product a tick of approval. These small but powerful extruded cubes provide the ultimate muscle fuel to help horses finish their races off while promoting gut health. Racing Cube's set recipe formulation means the same premium quality proteins and essential amino acids are used in every batch produced. racing cubes profile and digestibility allows you to feed approximately two to three kilos less per day than similar raw grain rations it's salt free to help reduce irritation if you've got a horse prone to stomach ulcers pride's racing cube is available in the popular 25 kilo bag, in bulk bags or straight into the silo if you prefer, giving you quality equine nutrition at an economical price. Talk to your local rep about Racing Cube, another winner from the Pride's Easy Feed stable. Trainers of thoroughbreds, standard breads, and performance horses are giving it the thumbs up all around the nation.